All right. Well, good evening. Good to see everyone out this evening. Thank you for being here in the house. Lord, looking forward to a wonderful evening and uh, looking forward to the teens taking the service. Uh, you're stuck with me preaching tonight because uh, none of the teens volunteered. Uh, so, but uh, anyways, we, we're going to have a word of prayer and then get into the service. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this uh, uh, opportunity to serve you. Lord, I thank you for the teenagers tonight, their willingness to, uh, Lord, just use their talents that you've blessed them with. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, bless them tonight. Lord, give them, uh, just uh, help them not to get uh, uh, nervous. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to do well. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just speak to our hearts tonight through song and through the message. Lord, I do thank you for all that you do. If there's one here that isn't saved, I pray that today will be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You'll turn to your hymnals, page 411, The Solid Rock.
teen group will come up for a special. songbook and turn to page 252, Nothing But the Blood.
And now Luke and Ethan will have a special. First one we're gonna do. It's a good question. It's in G. Yeah. For those playing along. With a circle. Well, the circle being broken.
not least, I saw the light. N.A. For those playing along. <laughs> kick this one? Sure. Teens done a wonderful job tonight. I do appreciate their willingness to uh, serve the Lord and uh, uh, use their talents for the Lord's use. And I hope that you've already been encouraged and helped this evening. And uh, good job, teenagers. Appreciate uh, appreciate that. And uh, their attitudes and, and then their actions all back up what they're uh, wanting to do is that uh, live for the Lord. And I appreciate it. I noticed Ethan's bow tie. And I, not everybody could uh, pull that off, but Ethan, you do it, buddy. You, you, you do a good job with that. I may have to borrow that sometime. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. We, we we may try to get him in a bow tie, but I don't know. All right. Well, I do appreciate you being here this evening. Thank you so much. And of course, this evening is uh, wanted to. It's our teen service. We'll be doing that once a month. 
and uh, the last uh, Sunday of each month and uh, encourage you to come and support the teenagers. They're going to be going to Costa Rica uh, in July, July the, uh, I believe it's, uh, I can't remember now, 16th through the 23rd or something like that. Uh, but anyways, they're going to Costa Rica and going to do a, a, a visit the orphanage home there. We're probably going to do a, a VBS and uh, do some other things, witnessing, knocking on doors and and uh, things like that. But uh, I know I'm looking forward to going and having a good time with the teenagers. And uh, I know that they'll have an experience of a lifetime. If you've never been on a mission trip, I encourage you to go uh, sometime on a mission trip and see the work in action and uh, just see what God's doing uh, on, you know, and see the where your money's is going, and uh, see how God is blessed and what He's doing there on those mission trips. I tell you, I remember the first mission trip that I went on. Uh, it's a mission trip I'll never forget. I remember uh, we took teenagers with us, 19 teenagers, and uh, they had that. The, they still that was over 10. It's probably about 12 years ago, and they still talk about it to this day when they see me. You remember when we went to, on that mission trip? And it's affected their lives. And I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in and through these teenagers. And so everything that comes in tonight that's not designated to uh, tithes or offering or uh, missions will go to our teen fund. Okay. And uh, what we're trying to do is we're going to uh, pay for the teenagers' uh, airline tickets. Okay. So they can get there, uh, save the parents some uh, some money. But also we want them to have a little spending cash. Okay. So some things so they can get some souvenirs and just uh, things such as that. And uh, they'll have to come up with their own money uh, for those type of things. But uh, so if you have any small projects at the house that you'd like uh, for them to do, I'm volunteering them. And uh, all you do is uh, just give a love offering to the, to the church and list it on the check or whatever uh, teen fund. And I know they'll be glad to help you if it's cleaning uh, houses. Or uh, I had one man said, uh, can they run a chainsaw? I said, well, I'll be there so I can run the chainsaw, and, but I'll put them to work. And, uh, but uh, there's, uh, we're, we're, there's a lot of things that they can do. And uh, so if you'd like to be a help and a blessing uh, to these teenagers to make it a trip of a lifetime, and I encourage you to do so. Well, I was praying about what to bring tonight, and uh, I thought about, since it's teen service, preaching on God's will. And uh, I thought about that for a while, and I thought, well, last week I preached on God's will. And so uh, I'm going to preach tonight on uh, God's will for your life, God's wills for your life, God's wills for your life. Now, this is in the Bible, the word will is mentioned over 2,882 times. Now, sometimes, uh, and sometimes it refers to uh, talking about God's will for uh, uh, someone to do, or and sometimes it's talking about God will do something. Uh, you say, what is the difference? Well, God's will is what he wants us to fulfill, uh, but God will do something is a promise uh, of what he's going to do in, our, in and through our lives, and uh, it's, a, it's his promise to us, and uh, like the Bible says, that he, he tells us that he would not destroy the earth by way of water again uh, anymore. And uh, so as a promise to us that he set his rainbow. And every time we see the rainbow, we remember that promise. And uh, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about, what God will do in our life. Not, our, uh, not God's will, but God's wills for our life. In Genesis chapter number 22, 
That's what will be Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. Uh, and he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into a place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw a place afar off and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass and I, will, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you and uh, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, Now notice this, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to worship and serve you tonight. Lord, I pray as we break open the bread of life tonight, Lord, that we be able to feast from the manna, Lord, feast from your word and give us something to encourage us throughout the week. And Lord, I pray that you would use these teenagers as uh, Lord, that you've used them tonight to minister to my heart. And Lord, as they minister there in Costa Rica and, and throughout their life, Lord, I pray that they will be effective witnesses and tools in the Master's hand. Lord, again, thank you for what you're going to do. If there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Bible says here, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they, they went both of them together. Now if you read back a few verses before that, Abraham said unto his young men, he said, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So Abraham had no doubt in his mind that God was going to do what he told him he was going to do. Abraham knew that God had promised him to be a father of many nations and that he was going to use his son, his only son Isaac. Now you say, well, what about Ishmael? Well, God blessed uh, Isaac because of it was uh, the marriage uh, between him and his wife, Abraham and his wife. And, uh, but the, the uh, wife of uh, Hagar was Ishmael. He had, they had Ishmael, and the promise didn't go through Ishmael, it came through Isaac. And so uh, we see here that God will provide himself a lamb. The place is called, uh, you hear the word Jehovah Jireh. What that means is that, that's a big word that means God will provide. God will provide. And I've seen it time and time again how God has provided in my life and I've seen it, him provide in your life and I've seen God do things that we never knew that he would do. This message is going to tell us some promises that God will do in our lives. The problem is, is now God will have His part. He'll do His part, but we need to do our part. We need to be actively doing our part. I was talking to a man this last week, and uh, he says I. Uh, he was talking about being off work, and he says, you know, he says uh, I. I believe I trust God that will provide for my needs, but I need to do my part and work. 
Amen to that. Yes, that's very true. We don't just uh, sit back and expect money just to come in, uh, but we need to do our part. And uh, so I said, I agree 100%. But these are some promises that God will do if we will just meet the requirements. The word will means to determine by choice. To determine by choice. God has already determined some things if we will meet His requirements. Number one, I see that we can have power in prayer. We can have power. God says that He will give us power in prayer. He says this, He says, I will answer thee. In Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This means you might not understand it, but He knows what's best for us. You know, call unto me, and I will answer thee. What is the, what is the prerequisite for this? He said, He will answer thee. Now that's great and fine, but there's a prerequisite for Him answering us. And that Bible says here, call unto me. We must first pray, you know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. You know, the, the Bible says in John 15, 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. God has promised some things in prayer that He said that He would give us rest. You know, the Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said that he would, he would, uh, we could hear from heaven, he, that He would heal our land, and He said that He would forgive our sin. And in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, he says, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. What is the prerequisite from hearing from heaven and healing our land and forgiving our sin? Well, the Bible says we must humble ourselves. We must call upon his name. We must pray and seek his face. There's some prerequisites. Sometimes we have this idea, uh, we have this idea that everything's just going to fall into our laps. Folks, we've got to do our part. We've got to be actively involved in seeking His face. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. What does it mean to confess? It means to pray, to uh, talk out, to speak out. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God said He would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now He didn't just say, I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He said there's a prerequisite here. If we confess our sins, you see, we must do our part. He says, He also says, I will save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved shall be saved. What do, you, what do you have to do in order to be saved? We must call upon the name of the Lord. We must trust in Him. You know, this verse doesn't deal with uh, salvation, but in Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. How can I have power in prayer? Well, we must pray. We must confess. The Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. I can tell you that probably the most powerful weapon that you have in your life is not your 12-gauge. It's not your uh, M-whatever or 
uh, AK-47 or whatever the numbers are, and it's none of those guns that you have in your cabinet. The most powerful weapon you have as a Christian is prayer. Prayer. But can I tell you that it's sad to say, but the average Christian don't have a prayer, they don't have a prayer closet. They don't have a prayer time. They don't have that time alone with God. Oh, they pray for their food and, oh, God, help me do this. But do, how much time do you spend in your prayer closet? How many have seen that movie, War Room? If you haven't seen that, you need to get it. I don't usually uh, recommend movies, but prayer room, uh, prayer, uh, um, War Room is a, is a powerful, powerful story about a lady that... Uh, just had a, a prayer room and then she went in this war room she called it her war room and uh, she would pray for things and, and uh, God worked in miraculous ways and I believe that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much so we must be praying the Bible says you know the thing that, that I love about this about prayer is that the God that spoke this world into existence in six days, and on the seventh day he rested, not because he needed rest, but as an example, he spoke all this world into existence. And God wants to hear from me. I don't know if you get a hold of that, but who am I? Who am I that God would want to hear from me? But he does. The Bible says, casting all your care... That's not just the big things, that, the heavy things that you're going through, your health issues and your financial issues, even your cat issues. Wanting to get rid of one if anybody wants it. No. My daughter would be upset with me, but I do cast my cares upon him. But, you know, I, I know I'm being silly there, but God cares for us. God wants to hear those things about those things that are... You know, if it bothers us, God wants to hear from us. You know, you mean God wants to hear about my day at work? Well, yes, He knows about what went on at work, but yeah, He wants to, he wants to hear from you. God loves you that much. So I, I believe that we, need, we can have power in prayer, but we must ask. We must confess. Then I want, to notice, want you to notice number two. We can be prepared for people. Be prepared for people. The Bible says this in Matthew 4.19. He says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He says, I will make you fishers of men. What is a prerequisite? Follow me. He says, follow him. In order to be an effective witness, in order to reach out to people, we must first be following the Lord. We must be following his path, but also he says that he will give us the keys to heaven. There in Matthew 16, 19, it says, And I will give unto thee, uh, talking to Peter there, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he says, I will give you power. The Bible says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I believe that we can be prepared for people. You know the thing that is, folks, sometimes we have this idea that we're going out alone. 
But can I tell you, God said that He promised that He would send a comforter. The Bible says in John 14, 16, it says, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. That word another is one just like the same. He's referring back to Himself. The Lord Jesus was the great comforter. But He's saying, I will give you another one just like me. And that's the Holy Spirit of God, that He may abide with you forever. Folks, we have the Holy Spirit of God living and abiding in us. So next time you're witnessing, next time you, you are maybe uh, scared to share uh, the gospel with someone, can I tell you that the Holy Spirit of God, if you're saved tonight, the Holy Spirit of God lives and abides in you, and He wants to use you? So many times we get nervous and we are scared of what people may say or think, but can I tell you we have the Holy Spirit of God, the great comforter there, Using what we have to say. Can I tell you, if we're following the Lord, we're following Him, He'll make us fishers of men. We'll have that desire to see people saved. Had a, uh, Brother Doug has become my, one of my soul winning partners, and we've went out a few times, and uh, he says, you know, Pastor, I'm, I can't wait till the weather clears up a little bit. I can't wait to get out and knock doors with you again. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, it, but the thing of it is, is that I hope that we don't just wait till organized soul winning, that we're knocking on doors and inviting people to church and, and uh, talking to people about the Lord. We need to be doing it all the time. When we're in the marketplace, when we're at the bank, I can tell you this, I try to leave a lasting impression on people. Sometimes that gets me in trouble. I remember one time... Pastor Taylor and I was making a hospital visit, and I seen a man carrying his lunch. We're walking down through there, and he's carrying it. I thought it was his lunch, and I said, Hey, did you bring enough for me? And I didn't realize that he was uh, carrying a, some kind of organ or something in there. It's <laughs> Brother Taylor says, Yeah, you left a lasting impression on him. I had no clue. It said it on the, on, the, on the, he said, did you not look at the lunch pail? I said, well, why is he carrying it in a lunch pail for? I don't know where, why I went there, but I did. Telling myself, I guess, but we can be prepared for people. Leave a lasting impression. You know, uh, Lizzie came to me. She's embarrassed now, but Lizzie came to me the other day, and there was a man that came into her work and was, was talking to her and giving her a hard time, just teasing with her and stuff, and she kind of laughs and he says, oh, you think that's funny? And she says, no, what I think's funny is you remind me of my dad. And uh, he says, so you're saying I'm old? She says, I'm only 16. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> but she says, Dad, I know why you do what you do sometimes now. I, I understand why you, you joke and cut up with people and you witness to people and things like that. It's because it makes them feel better. It gives them, makes them have a good day. And I tell you, leave, make a lasting. God has, God has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. God has given us what we need to be effective witnesses in the Master's hand. He's given us the Holy Spirit of God that lives and abides with us, but also He's given us the Word of God. You know the problem with many Christians today, why they don't want to outreach, why they don't want to witness to people? A lack of knowledge. They're afraid they don't know the Bible well enough. 
Can I tell you this? That may be many of us in this room. But can I tell you this? If you would go out with a willingness and just, just trust the Lord, God will give you the words to say. He said, you got to do your part. You need to be reading the Bible. God will bring those things back to memory. It's, it's, it's amazing how that, if you've ever witnessed to people, you'll, you'll say, I don't know where those verses came from, but somehow they were stored back in my mind. That's God working. That's the Holy Spirit of God. But then I want you to notice thirdly, God said he would give us peace during problems. You know, the Bible says that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If that doesn't give you comfort, folks, there's something wrong with you. God has promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. That gives me comfort tonight knowing that right now as I'm preaching that I have the Holy Spirit of God, I have the Lord with me, abiding with me, and that He would never leave me. Folks, now, now let me share something with you. My favorite, you know what it is, my favorite child, children's story is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were going to be cast into that fiery furnace. And old King Nebuchadnezzar, he looks over and he says, didn't we throw three men into the fiery furnace? And he says, Yes, King, we did. He says, Lo, I see four men, and the fourth is as a son of man. Can I tell you, it don't matter what trial you're going through, God's right there with you. I don't, folks, that gets me excited. I don't know. If you're, if you're going through a hard time, can I tell you, you're not going through it alone. You can have peace during your problems. The Bible says in Joshua 1 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee, and I will never fail thee, nor forsake thee. I know God was talking to Joshua here, but I believe it's applicable to our day. And God said that he would never leave us nor forsake us there in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. You see, he'll be with us during those fiery trials. You know, not only that, but he'll be with us during temptations. You think that you're alone when you're being tempted to do wrong, God's still with us. The Bible says this, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God says, listen, I'll be with you during your trials. I'll be with you during your temptations. Trust in me. Listen, I'm with you. I'll never fail thee or forsake thee. How can we have peace during trials? How can we have peace? I tell you, we need to trust in Him. You're not going to have peace. Can I tell you something? If we're worried about all the things... All our trials, all the situations, all the, our surroundings, we're worried about those things. You know what worry is? It's a lack of faith and a lack of trust. You say, what are you saying? Well, if you want to have peace, you got to trust. you got to trust Him. Then I want you to notice, we don't have to have pain for our penalty. You know, God says, I will profess to them. He says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. 
you're here tonight and you've never been saved, if you were to take your last breath in the next few moments without the Lord Jesus Christ, I say this with a broken heart, you will die and spend eternity in hell. There's not a second chance after this life. It's all or now. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just telling you, God says this, I will profess to them, I never knew you. What's the prerequisite? Not being saved. Not being saved. He says, I will curse your blessings. Malachi 2.2 2 says, If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to your heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessing. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye did not lay it to heart. You know, God says, you know what else he says? He says, I will execute vengeance. Micah 5.15, it says, And I will execute vengeance and anger and fury upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. Folks, I'm telling you, you die without Christ. God is a righteous God. Some people think, well, God's a God of love. He would never send anybody to hell. Can I tell you? If you don't trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will go to hell. He says, I will cast you into the lake of fire. The Bible says in Revelation 20, 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It says, Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Folks, hell's a place that no one wants to go to. Maybe here on earth we think, Oh, I'll be all right. Hell's not that bad. I'll be able to party it up with my friends. Maybe I've heard people say that. Can I tell you, hell's not going to be a place of party. Hell's going to be a place of torment and torture. How can we be sure we don't have pain and suffering? You need to be saved. But then I want you to notice the last thing. We can have a promise from the promised one. That promise from the promised one is this. He says, I will come again. Luke, or in John 14, 1, says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, were not so I would have told you. Lo, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God says, he says, I will come again. Folks, that's a promise from Almighty God that he was not going to leave us here in this forsaken world, but can I tell you, he's going to come and get us. He says, I will come with a shout there in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead and Christ shall rise first. This coming also comes, he says, I'll come as a thief in the night. There in Revelation 3.3 it says, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. I believe a lot of people, if they knew that Christ was coming back in the next 30 minutes, I believe this place would be packed. If they had certainty that Christ would be coming back in the next 30 minutes, this, we couldn't fit all the people in here. 
You know what it is? People have all their priorities all messed up. He says, I will show you the bride. There in Revelation 21.9, he says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels which uh, had the seven veils uh, full of the seven last plagues and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride and the lamb's wife. See, we are the bride of Christ. How can we have this promise from the promised one? The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I ask this when I'm leading and I'm talking to people. Where do saved people go? They go to heaven, right? Where, where, where do unsaved people go? They go to hell. Folks, we can have the promise of the promised one if we'll only trust the Lord for salvation. Not in what you've done, not in anything that you can do, but trusting in everything that He has done and what He's going to do. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. God's promises are God's wills for our life. Tonight I want to ask you a very simple question. No one else is looking around, but you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, to be honest, I don't know for sure if I was to die right now, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone like that, would you raise your hand? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't experienced the power of prayer. I haven't experienced that power in prayer. I want to encourage you. God says that we can have power in prayer. He promises the power of prayer, the changes that can happen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We can, we can be prepared for people. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not prepared as I should be for witnessing to people. I'm not prepared like I should be. Can I tell you, you can be? The Apostle Paul, you know what he did? He wasn't going around sharing scriptures and things like that. He told about the day that he was on the road to Damascus. And the Lord saved him there. That's what he told uh, King Agrippa. And he said, Oh, Paul, he says, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. All we got to do, folks, the responsibility is not for us to save people. That's the Holy Spirit's work. Our responsibility is to go and tell. We can be prepared for people. You know, I think about that. But then we can also have peace during problems. Folks, we can have peace. How do you have peace? We need to trust in Him completely. And we don't have to have pain for our penalty. And then the last thing, we can have the promise from the promised one. You hear today and you say there's some, one of these areas that you're struggling with. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. And do business with God. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, just be in your house tonight. Lord, I pray that you would use this message, uh, apply it to our hearts and our lives, that we would serve you better with more zeal. And Lord, that, that we would realize that we have these promises that you've given to us. We can claim them. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do during this invitation time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Miss Lizzie's going to play softly tonight. And God has spoke to your heart. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand to your feet. It's easier to 
And this one same motion, if God has spoke to you, won't you come? Won't you come? Maybe your prayer life's not what it should be. Maybe your witnessing isn't what it should be. Maybe your source of comfort isn't where it should be. Search me, O God. And know my heart today. Thank you. You may be seated. I do want to give you a couple announcements as the men come forward and we'll take up this evening's tithes and offerings. Again, everything that, do, that comes in tonight that's not designated to missions or tithes will go to, uh, to the teens and uh, helping them with uh, their teen fund. All right. I uh, want to remind you, this coming Saturday, or right after our services, we have some cake and ice cream and uh, punch and things like that. I want to encourage you to stick around and uh, grab a piece of cake. I'm not going to eat any because my doctor's here, and uh, but maybe if he turns his head, I might take a bite or something. But uh, anyways, you you stick around for that. And then next Saturday is our prayer breakfast, and I want to encourage you to be here. It's also love your uh, the following Sunday. Uh, next Sunday is love your sibling day, so we want you to bring your family. I know sibling, but uh, bring your family. I know we've got some brothers up here. I think they love each other, but uh, anyways, uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll be here and, uh, and be encouraged. But, and then the following week is Love Your Spouse Day. Uh, love your social group the following week, and then Love Your Sanctuary Day. And I want to encourage you to be involved in those, uh, those special days, and we'll have messages uh, geared towards those, uh, those days, those special days. And then on March the 3rd, we have prayer breakfast and a baby shower for baby Amos. And uh, so we're looking forward uh, to that. All right, Brother Luke, sir, would you please ask a blessing? stand we'll close in a word of prayer and uh i'm gonna ask brother greg would you close us in a word of prayer but also ask the blessing on the fellowship please
Thank you for your coming again, perhaps today. While I pray, I thank you for our youth group and Father, I pray that you just continue, Lord, to be with them. Lord, they surrender their lives to you totally, Lord, as we land right. Continue on with uh, the work of the church. We pray now, Lord, that we meet together in the fellowship hall. You bless the food. We pray that you 